Hello, Tile friends. Welcome back to another episode of Tile Money Podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss the business of being a tile contractor. My name is Luke Miller, and I am on a mission to help contractors everywhere grow profitable, sustainable businesses. I want you to have the type of business that you want, that you desire. I want you to have the type of business that you're proud of. I want to see you grow the type of business that's good for our industry. I believe the answer in solving so many of our industry's problems is by strengthening the the common everyday tile contractor. Thank you for letting me know that this podcast is helping you. I truly uh, hope it is. And I want to thank all of you who've let me know. Uh, Inside our Facebook group, we're having great conversations and it means a lot. I've been able to attract some great sponsors Today's sponsor is Crossville. Now Crossville is doing great things. They make great tile. Uh, A lot of their tile is made right here uh, in the United States. Uh, That's a great value. That's a great company to partner with. They're making a lot of the the really good uh, gauged porcelain tile panels that we're seeing nowadays. And not only are they making it, but they're very involved, uh, donating time and energy into helping write and craft some of these uh, installation standards and procedures that are oh so important. So I highly suggest you check out Crossville. All right, for the month of March, we are going to be talking about employees all month long. And if you missed last week's episode, I suggest you go back and check out uh, last week's episode with Dan Welch. Today, we're going to dive further into that interview that I had with him. He has a lot to share about company culture, uh, locating employees, training employees, and and of course, retaining employees. So today we're going to discuss those. uh, We're going to continue that discussion, I should say. So I wanted to know what Dan is doing when it comes to retaining employees. Uh, I know you're going to enjoy what he said here. Well, certainly it was a lot easier in the 80s and 90s when you hired someone because for one, it was mostly word of mouth back then, and if they took the chance to come to work, um, they weren't going anywhere because it took a lot longer for them to find the new job, right? Okay. Uh, there's, it's not like you can um, type in your application, send it out to 10 people you know, in a day. Yeah. You used to have to knock on doors. So I think that's changed a lot. Um, but once they are under the wing of the foreman and the people, they either, they either fit or they don't. And I kind of have an idea when they start, and I'll kind of lead them a little bit from the interview process So, um, and from just general discussions. But if you can fit with the guys, you they'll teach everything. But if you don't, it's going to be a hard road, you know. Yeah. Uh, they will take shirt off their back and help you and do everything for you until you – piss them off, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, then it's kind of done, you know, it's just a matter of time before you're not happy because they're not helping. And, um, we try to step in, in those positions, um, and help with, um, you know, in just working through the issue, you know, there's coaching questions you use six coaching questions. Um, I noticed that, you know, you're coming in late every day. You know, what's up? Um, you don't get into it like, mm, you know, yeah. um, What's the real challenge here for you? You know, um, that's another big question. Uh, what's your next step? You know, once you figure out what that challenge is, and then you know, how can we support you or do what you need? You know, to help you do what you need. And uh, by when? You know, give them some dates. 
and then, you know, ask them after you have that, you know, conversation, what was the most useful for them here? You know, did they really understand what you were saying? So these are all new things that we're working with as a team, learning how to be coaches rather than uh, I call it telling doers, go do this, go do that. Yeah. Um, they be, they just feel more of a part of the team when you're a coach than they are when you're a dictator. Yeah. So you're having a conversation with them about their life. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so simple. <laughs> it is pretty simple. Yeah. yeah. And, and so let's say, take that example, someone's late, you know, four, three or four or five days in a row. Let's say you have that conversation and they say, you know, uh, my you know, my wife took on some extra work and I'm in charge of getting the kids ready and off to school in the morning. And it's, I'm doing the best I can, but it's just putting me, you know, 10 minutes late every morning. What, what's the next step how, in that conversation? Yeah. You might start out with, you know, how are, you know, is there something you could do like set your alarm, alarm clock 10 minutes earlier or, you know, what is it that's causing that? You know, is it that you can't get up any earlier? You know, what can I do to help? Can I get you an alarm clock? Can I, call you in the morning, you know, I can pick you up if you need me to. Yeah. Um, what is it that I can do to help you, you know, to get here on time? Because it's important. And then I'll tell them why it's important. You know, when, you know, the helper comes in and your mechanic's already there and he's mixed his own buckets of water and thin set and um, that's the most important part of the day. Yeah. So, so you're going to continue that conversation, continue to work with them you know, instead of just dismissing it as, well, it's, it, we're no longer a good fit, you know, continue to try to make it work, retain them, right? Absolutely. And it, it, a lot of it is whether or not they, they've been under their wing, you know, it's just a challenge that they're having. Um, they're willing to work with them, but when it becomes a habit and they're not willing to work, then all of a sudden they give up. Yeah. And you would too, you know, you just get to a point where you, the work's there and, you know, I'm giving you this opportunity, but I can't do the work for you. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a coaching opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, but coach them up or coach them out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's all you can do. Yeah. You know, I always say build a fire. Um, instead of building a fire under their, under their ass, build it inside of them, you know, so that they, they're happy and they're uh, motivated, you know. Absolutely. You, you want somebody to move quick, you know, just burn their ass a little. But if you want them to, to stick around for the long term, you know, you put that fire inside of them. All right. So life is always changing. Uh, times change. People change. Businesses change and evolve. Dan highlighted that the number one thing that he continues to do year after year is to make sure that they're going to fit in with his company culture, no matter what generation he's pulling them from. See, he wants to make sure that they fit in. Equally important, he said, was taking the time to communicate with these employees, helping them work through problems, not just at work, even personal problems, personal issues that directly affect their work. Dan views himself as a coach like that, and I think that's a great attitude. I wanted to know more about what Dan is doing for training his apprentices on the job uh, for, the, for the work they do. Check it out. This was my big thing when I started and um, was working under my dad and I was, uh, all the guys came to me, you know, it seems like I was the guy that was training all the new guys because go with Dan tomorrow and then I'd have him for the first couple of months and I was probably a little too soft on him. Some of my, I should have shook hand right off the bat, but you know, as a young guy, I didn't know how to manage coaching questions. I was just frustrated and then, you know, 
there was a lot of emotion involved with everything you did. And what I've learned since is that you really need to understand when you have a conversation with someone, you know, there's four ways to do it. You know, you have the fact. Um, the fact is you're late. You know, my opinion is um, what I'd like from you. And then um, um, I can't recall it right now, but I have these coaching, you know, type um, questions, you know. Yeah. Um, but it makes it more um, less emotional, you know, feeling. You can give them your feeling. The fact is, my feeling is, uh, what, and here's what I think, you know, and this is what I want. That's what it is. So it, it becomes less about me being an ass. Yeah. It's, uh, it's more about, you know, coaching that question. So, um, but as far as um, apprenticeship, uh, we started in 2005 an apprenticeship through the federal government. Okay. And I did that by working with another NTCA member who did it. And he taught me how, and um, and and that's what got to now the uh, NTCA modules, uh, which we developed here in at Welsh Child, and then uh, worked with the NTCA to get it across the country. Nice. So, what we found was the guys were out of town, and people didn't want to come in on the night that you had it, and pretty soon I had something to do, and then it became less important to, well, you know, I want to raise, and you know, if I can't get through this apprenticeship because you don't put the class on then it's your fault and so I I'm turning that around saying all right it's not my fault anymore you have the modules and you have all the opportunity to go how you want to do so that's why I put them online the way we did with the short 10-minute videos Um, but we also invest in things that we think are important so the apprenticeship was one thing but having someone doing it more than just part-time is important once you get to a point um, because it will just wear you right out trying to figure out how am I going to train these guys? What's the next step? And um, and that's why we developed them in a series in the way we did. So the way Wells Tile likes to train them. Um, so hopefully it's good for others, but that's why they're, they are the way they are is because how we do it. Yeah, it makes sense. No, I, I like the short format, you know, having them accessible anytime that you have, you know, 10, 15 minutes or, you know, whatever. Um, you can even... Uh, are they doing that during working hours sometimes? I mean, no. Okay. No. I mean, other than that first day, they take the 10 modules, but then we expect that as homework. Yeah. Um, but that uh, apprenticeship is a contract between me and the apprentice. And um, I'm going to give them this raise if they do these things. So um, as long as they get through that six months and do all of their work, then they get the raise and they move off. So it's that constant um elevation and they know what's coming they know what they have to do to to achieve it so we also um do a saturday morning class um and as you get more and more people that are at different levels it takes a lot more effort right if it's just apprentice ones and you're just that group and you're going all the way through that's fine but pretty soon they're apprentice three or four and you have another group of apprentice ones and then they're a, a journeyman one or two and then you got another group of apprentice ones so you have all of these levels going on, and it's really difficult to manage all of that. So we try to do a lot on site with our, our training and uh, education development person, Kelvin, and uh, he's right on site with them. He's taking teams of them. He's working with the foreman to develop people. We have conversations about them at the foreman's meeting. You know, what do they need? And then we've developed a uh, evaluation sheets so we can say, all right, you need to get four of these six by the end of this done 
um, and then we sign off on them so you're competent at that task. So, you know, it's very black and white at that point. It's not, whereas before, I think you deserve a raise, you know, and, yeah. you know, now it's very clear, you know, this Put is the, the level in. you're at. Yeah. And we can have that conversation. If they think they're further, we'll, we'll test you. We know they're not further. Yeah. They don't know they're not further. Yeah. So they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, exactly. I, so I that love that. It straightens out all that. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. it. It's like you said, black and white, very clear for everybody. And it's fair, you know? It is fair. All right. So to train people, that's a whole nother skill set. It's a skill set that frankly is needed. And I want to thank all of you who take this uh, seriously. You're training apprentices. Your dedication to training them and helping pass on your knowledge is one of the most important aspects of the tile industry's future for success. So Dan said that taking emotion out of that training, out of those difficult conversations is a key element to successfully training and being a coach. So I, I, I know you enjoyed that uh, advice there. All right, now we've got some industry news and this is sponsored by the NTCA. And since Dan brought it up and I thought this was a great episode to remind you about the NTCA's online university. And if you're looking for employees and you're looking for a way to differentiate yourself and streamline your training process, maybe speed it up, maybe have something that you can follow and repeat, the online university has close to 100 courses that are dedicated just to the first two years of being an apprentice. They have courses designed for day one all the way up through year two. So it can be a great way to not only train, but to attract new employees. See, enthusiastic employees, employees who are actually thinking and wanting a career, like a lifelong career, they're going to be looking for something like this. So. I, I highly think that, you know, if you need something to differentiate yourself, it, it's, it's a competitive market out there. Employees, they, they can find work fairly easy in this good market. Um, this would be a great way to not only set up a, a training program like Dan has done, but also to attract new employees. And either way, it's, it's up to you as the business owner to be doing these, be, to be implementing these things. Oftentimes, so many uh, people on the forums and in the groups are complaining that there's not enough young people wanting to get into this trade. There's not enough workforce. Well, you have to ask yourself, what are you doing to attract these young people? What are you offering them as a company? So if you want more information on the NTCA's online university, I ch I'll, I'll throw a show link. Uh, I'll throw a link in the show notes. And you can reach out to Jim Olson or Becky Serbin with the NTCA and they'll help you uh, set that up for your company. All right. So back to this interview, I wanted to know um, what Dan and how Dan is making sure that that company culture that he's worked so hard at is being retained and emulated uh, with a company so large. I mean, 60 employees, that's got to be difficult to have everybody on the same page. Check out what he said here. Well, you know, you can't lay tile every day and still do that. But when I did lay tile, I haven't laid tile in the last year. But last year, I probably spent four to six months in the field. Wow. So um, me being in the field and being next to the guys and be a part of them is hugely um, important. 
Um, but as you move up and not able to do that anymore, um, as long as you communicate well with them, and that's like through our foreman's meetings, through our company meetings, um, an open door. They come in all the time. And um, some of the things that I do that are unique and different is um, Derek. We'll just call Derek. He, uh, he's going to buy a house. So we have the bank come in, and we, we have a – through our apprenticeship, we'll do, like, how do you build credit? So the bank will do the class and we're, you know, invite whoever we can, you know, that want to come yeah. and then offer these things that the bank offer while child or ways to get there. Well, Derek's done a great job. He's got great credit now. Well, now how do I buy this house? You know, so well, we're going to have to go over and talk to the bank, get you approved. And then I walk him right over to the bank. Hi, this is Derek. And, you know, this is where we're at. And then I walk out and let him finish the conversation. Well, then what's next? Well, you got to have a buy-sell agreement. I'll walk them right into the um, um, realtor that I know and help them through that situation. Because I've been there, and I'm the dad, right? What would you do as your dad? You know, yeah. you're the dad. And not that I'm their dad, um, but I feel like I'm, I'm, um, I'm more family, right? Yeah. yeah. So whatever it takes. And it doesn't take me that long to, you know, our bank's only across the street. So, um, and I know them all, and all of a sudden they're credible when they walk in. Whereas otherwise they'd be nervous and not know the steps and um, super important. Oh, incredibly important. And I mean, I can just, I, I can see how that, all you can do is, is take one person at a time and give them assistance. That's how you grow. That's how you really affect change because you mm -hmm. can't talk to all 60 people at once. It, it's really difficult. Um, you can, you have your you know company meetings and such, but when you take a person like that, by the hand and change their life. I mean, you've created a better person, which will um, have a ripple effect. I mean, a better community, you know, a better company. And, and, and again, good for the tile industry. Um, I, I love it. That's, you know, that's the whole, I've been preaching, you know, raise your prices, show a profit. The whole reason is to create companies that are good for the communities that we live and work in and, and good for the people. Um, you can't do that type of thing without, without a profit, without, you know, um, having that company culture, of course, but, but it's really boils down to, you know, one person at a time, you know? All right. So Dan truly feels like he is family members with his employees. And, and this is key. He takes them under his wing, so to speak. He helps them grow. Of course, he's training them inside the company, but he helps them grow outside of work as well. And to truly affect change in this world, I, I really believe that you have to be a part of your company and your community. You have to do it one person at a time. And that's how you truly start to affect change. So great job, Dan, on taking the lead and, and giving us a great example to follow there. All right, we've got another Tile Money tip. And this Tile Money tip is, of course, sponsored by Ladycree International. This is a continuation of last week's tip where Ron Nash was telling us about how to differentiate yourself. The reason this is so important is there's a lot of tile installers out there. I don't know if you've noticed, there's a lot of tile installers. There's a lot of good tile installers in, in a lot of your communities. How do you stand out? How do you differentiate yourself? So listen as Ron talks about the skill of projecting uniqueness. Projecting uniqueness and truly being one of a kind, nobody else does in the world, this is like, you cannot buy this anywhere else but, but here. 
is so rare. <laughs> Do you realize how rare that is? Like in, in the world of business, uh, the fact that no one else, so you're telling me no one else makes a lightweight wallboard? Really? Percent? I don't know about that, but it's perceived, it's project, it's projected. Totally fine. I'm not bagging on them. I'm saying it's actually good. I'm giving them a compliment. Um, they do a very good job of that. So I would suggest you take pages right out of other good marketing companies' books, right? Look at identifying problems. This may be better if you have a nightmare section. Your presentation, or you may need a presentation for nightmare projects, okay? That shower that looks like Vietnam in there, it looks like a bomb blew up and it's terrible, may be a great education point. For example, if I had a presentation and I even specifically skipped it on purpose during the presentation, oh, I have a bunch of nightmare jobs here, we'll skip them. I promise you a good 30, 40% of the people are going, well, I want to know what goes wrong. Okay, well, here's an example of a shower that was built with masks. And uh, as you can see, there's mold all over the place, all that stuff. This is not our kind of work. This is what we repair. But I want you to know the materials that we use will make it so that this can't happen. You see where I'm going here? You're educating... I promise you, you're spending time on something that will pay you back. Now, mind you, if your average, if your average contract is $1,000, you can skip today. I mean, really, your drive-by. You, you could do your job drive-by. Drive -by. But if you broach 10 grand and above, and it's really way above, then you're going to want to think about how do you polish, how do you educate, how do you educate and not scare? Okay, now, it's a, it's a fine balance here, guys. I've seen people be so forward with the problems that they talk people out of tile. I mean, like, I literally watched that happen. You know, so you have to balance. And how do you do that? Well, you propose solutions. Hey, look, your shower. <laughs> I think we can all agree is not something you want the neighbors to see. Okay. Well, let's talk about some solutions, how we're going to fix this. I'm going to propose something to you that not a lot of people do, but I have seen used very, very well. Anybody know Michael Whistler? Whistler Tile? He's in Southern California now. Uh, he was connected to the uh, NTCA for a long time. He was a trainer. Um, he owned, when I was a sales rep, I, was, I covered Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, and Eastern Washington. He was one of the first customers that I called on in Kalispell, Montana. He had a beautiful showroom. His showroom was awesome. Um, and he had a shower built in his showroom that had cutaways, right? And uh, I watched him actually take customers and say, okay, here's a couple things that we do differently than our competition. Or said better. Here's a couple of things that are standard operating procedures for our company that are a little unique, right? I don't have competition, okay? Neither do you, because I'm proposing my solution, not theirs, right? Shower cutaways, physical samples that you can put in your truck that you can literally say, okay, first of all, I use lightweight wallboard. 
or however you do it, I don't care. I do care, but you know. Um, lightweight wallboard. I have a piece of very well set, nice looking tile, well combed out mortar. I'm using, uh, you know, all of those materials have microband in them, so they won't grow mold, won't grow mildew. I use whatever crowd you guys love. I have a couple of options I'd like to talk to you about. Um, but, you, but, but the point is, is that you have all of these here so that you can literally say, when we build a wet area, we do it like this. Water physically cannot penetrate our walls because we use materials that are 100% waterproof all the way through. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that. Again, it's all about preparation, putting thought and intention into your sales presentations. You want to be educating the potential client. Be creative with how you educate. You know, don't just give them all the scary uh, statistics out there and scare them away from tile. You might want to brush on some of the problems. I mean, I really like the way Ron said that. But propose a solution. Let them know that you have the solution. You're the professional. You know how to do it, how to build it, and why. Why it works the way it does. All right, so I truly hope you've enjoyed today's episode, Tile Friends. I hope uh, this podcast is giving you something to think about, some helpful advice that you can apply in your business today and tomorrow. In next week's episode, we're going to dive more into Dan Welch's interview and continue our discussion on employees. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would I would really appreciate a review. Uh, I'll throw a link to my Google My Business page, and that will be in the show notes. Of course, I'm on Facebook as well, uh, but those are the two easiest ways to give me a review or in iTunes. Stay profitable, Tile friends.